Miss um, <clears throat> Dolores asked me uh, while I was up in the choir there, she said, I tell you, she said, are you nervous? And I said, oh, not, not really. And she said, you just don't look nervous at all. You don't look nervous at all. And, and uh, I t- they told us in uh, homiletics back 17 years ago when I took it uh, that uh, nervousness when you're preaching, the, the butterflies you get in your stomach is actually energy. And you've got to learn to focus the energy. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, I went and got about I don't know, three energy drinks and three cups of espresso. So I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, so I had to get those you know, energies up. You know? <laughs> Anyways, um, no, I do get nervous. I just I show it in different ways. Uh, sometimes I'll ramble on and talk and talk and talk. And I couldn't figure out why I just ramble on. But I'm just kidding. But, um, uh, you know, but it is, uh, I, I was like Pastor said, you know, before, if you don't get nervous, there's some problems, you know, so, so, uh, uh, it's a privilege to serve the Lord. I'm glad that, uh, Pastor has confidence in me to, to, uh, be in his pulpit, um, and, uh, it's just a wonderful thing to serve God. Um, I, have uh, been struggling most of the day, uh, I, t- I told, uh, several people that I'm, I have about four sermons, um, don't remember quite which one. I, I think I'm right where I'm at. But if I shift gears in the middle of service, it was the wrong one. And so, so, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, so if I go from talking about the will of God tonight to the Lamb or to Calvary or Lazarus, you know, it was the wrong one. And I'm heading in the right direction. But, uh, anyways, but uh, uh, Romans chapter 12 tonight. Romans, Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verses one and two, and then we'll uh, we'll look at uh, uh, we're going to do a. I'm going to do my best uh, to do a Bible, kind of walk through the Bible on a few things. I do have about seven points tonight, but they are quick points. Um, I, uh, uh, I can't say this is not a message of my own. Uh, this was a deacon that preached this when I was 16 years old. And I, I was looking through one of my older Bibles, and uh, he's one of my heroes uh, of the faith. Um, he's with, with the Lord now, but uh, before I went to Bible college, he, he was a deacon and the most humblest man you ever met in your life. And uh, as a matter of fact, he taught this actually in Sunday school, in the men's Sunday school class that morning. I remember the whole service, and Brother Mike was so impressed with the sermon, uh, not saying that I'm going to probably butcher it compared to him, but, but uh, Brother Mike asked him to preach it to the whole church. And he wasn't getting behind the pulpit, he stayed, sat down there mm-hmm. in the front and talked to the church. This message, but it but it was very profound um, and uh, simple, but profound uh, message. And uh, I was going through my Bible the past several days, and and I'd, like I said, I've had some passages in Isaiah and, and Proverbs, Psalms, and 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 Luke, and I've just been all over the place. But I I was reading this, and I just couldn't get off of it. And I thought this is what the Lord wanted to share tonight. Um, but uh, I have to. Mind my jokes. My mother-in-law's here. I was going to tell some, but she came anyway. But uh, anyway, but uh, so so I'll just preach. That might be the safest thing to do. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, so that I'll stop rambling on and quit saying my, my nervousness. Right, <clears throat> Father, we love you. Thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for the privilege of being here today. Lord, we're thankful um, for your blood and for you, for the uh, just. Uh, wonderful work you did on Calvary, and Lord, I pray that you just help us never to forget that, uh, that wondrous day that you saved our souls, and Lord, uh, changed our lives. Lord, as we uh, look in the scriptures tonight, may you use this, uh, use this time to help us to grow in the Lord. 
and be better Christians because of it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you would mark, if you got a pen, mark that word, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, uh, thinking in, in the perspective, most people, you know, take the will of God. It is, it is about, you know, uh, reaching the lost. It's about living the Christian life. And a lot of times people uh, take for granted just how intricate the will of God is personally to you. Most of the time it's like, well, I need, I mean, we don't sit around and say, well, I'm praying about, you know, should our church have visitation? I'm praying about should our church have a bus ministry to outreach people? Should I, should I pray about my tithes? Because I need to make sure it's the will of God to give my tithes. Nobody really does it because it's plainly written in Scripture. Um, but what happens if God speaks to your heart about, I don't know, moving to Africa? Um, my brother-in-law, I have one in Beckway that's on furlough right now. Um, just got back, he was telling me a little bit, and I might get in a little bit of some things we talked about this weekend. Um, but what got him to the point to say, I'm going to Beckway, a six-square-mile island with 3,000 people on it that has one in, independent Baptist church on it, and that's where God's calling me. And out of 7 billion people in the world, there's 3,000 people needing the Lord. How did he know that's where God wanted him at? You see... And, and, uh, you know, but so we, and, and I know me and just, just understanding me, I'm a very impulsive type person. I don't, um, I, I've, I have this mindset that I've got it and I, and I can, and, and that's the reason why if you see me with the youth and stuff, you, if you go on a youth activity, if something goes wrong, it's like, oh, well, we'll change it. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> you know, uh, that would frustrate some people. But, <laughs> just saying, it was really frustrating. So that's why you don't go on them. <laughs> but but uh, you know, it, it, you know, if something happens, I just change it. It, it doesn't bother me. I, it just, I mean, I just, I mean, oh well, traffic stuck. Let's just go this way. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, just, it doesn't bother me. You know, and now it does bother my wife. Now, it does, that's one thing. But I mean, that's the reason why God gave me her to worry me. To just go, you know, let's go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but it, but that is me. And and there's a danger in living that way, because I spend most of my time dependent on me. I don't sit there and say, well, let me see if the ramifications that of God's will, how this decision makes in my life. And I and I have to stop myself. Uh, sometimes my wife has to stop myself. <laughs> To, to help me say, wait a minute, we need to think about this a little bit. And I was like, well, no, this is the greatest decision in the world. I made it, you know. And, and you know, so there's some things we don't have to pray about. Some things we just know by Scripture what it is. But what about those things where you don't know? Who am I going to marry? Uh, who, who am I going to, I mean, just even before you get to marriage, who am I going to date? Um, uh, uh, where am I going to work a job? Uh, where am I going to spend the rest of my life? What ministry am I going to be in? What Sunday school class should I be in? What Sunday school? T- I mean, should I be a ton- Sunday school teacher? Should I be a Sunday school helper? Um, you know, I, I mean, I can tell you. I mean, you look at the, the the path of my life and the two things I said I would never do in Bible college. I, I rem- remember sitting in that stupid class, church leading, song leading. 
I will never use this stupid class. And it was the first thing I did out of Bible college was lead music in a church. <laughs> you know, God has a funny way of doing things. You know, but, but the other thing was is I will never work with teenagers. And, and, you know, and that was partially fear. Uh, part of that was I didn't get along well with teenagers when I was younger. I, I just didn't. And so I assumed that it was one of those things, well, if I don't get along when I'm a teenager, why would I when I'm an adult? And, and there was a fear there. And I had to, I, that was one of the things I had to look to God and say, hey, you know, Lord, really, do you really want me there? You know, um, but, uh, you know, how do I know what the will of God is? You know, in Ephesians uh, chapter uh, 5, verse 17, the Bible says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding the will of God, uh, the will of the Lord, uh, what the will of the Lord is. God has a desire for us to know what the will of God is specifically, not just the general side of it. It's, it's beyond, you know, I mean, when you, when, you, when you get saved, the general side kicks in. You, you know, you, you look at the Bible, it says that I need to give the tithe. You, you look at the Bible, it says I need to give offering. It, you look at the Bible, it says I need to be here every time the doors are open. I, and that's just, those are things that, that Scripture just blatantly says. But what about the little things? <clears throat> so, Here's, here's when I scared some of y'all to have seven points. <laughs> They're very short. I, at least I think they are. But we'll see how it goes. But I'm going to try to just walk through it and teach them tonight. I'm not, because uh, I just want, uh, the impact it made on my life in 16 years old, I still struggle with them. But it's some things, some guidelines we can learn about what the will of God is. Um, first, for, the first thing is, uh, excuse me, the big one. Does it line up with Scripture? Doesn't line up with scripture. I've heard of many times. You know, people get called to the mission field, and and uh, the Bible. Uh, look in John chapter seven. Um, you know, people get called to the mission field. It's amazing. You know, sometimes deputation on the mission field. My both my brother in laws were at least two years in deputation before they even hit the field, and the dropout rate once they get on the field is astronomical. I mean, uh, it, it, it's. It's unreal. As a matter of fact, I was talking with a BIMI uh, representative the other day, and I think this past six months they've lost 21 missionaries off the Asian field alone. And these are not new ones. They've been on the field 15 and 20 years. They're just, they're just giving up. And, and I'm not saying, and, and look, don't take that as I'm knocking them. It's hard anywhere serving the Lord. But I would say getting out of America and going to, a, to a China, you know, Japan, things like that, that's probably even harder. Um, so I'm not knocking them at all. Um, but I, I do remember reading of some people I graduated with, and I'm looking at them, and they said, well, God's called us to the mission field, and four years into their deputation, all of a sudden God changes his plans. Um, I, I don't see how that, how that really worked, maybe unless they've jumped on the train of, like, there's, several, there's three people joining the mission field, I'm going to go too. <laughs> You know, um, I, I don't really know. But, I mean, that's just similar. It's like teaching Sunday school. Somebody's like, well, I feel like God's calling me to pre- pre- uh, teach Sunday school. I remember the pastor I grew up under. The thing is, is that, that, that every Sunday school class in, in our church back, back home in South Georgia, uh, they had to have an assistant teacher. And it was required of them to teach one lesson a month. And their design was is that they would leave that class and start their own. They were not allowed to take anybody else in the church. They had to go out and get their own people. And, and they got this guy fresh out of Bible college, going to serve the Lord on the mission field, and they put him in a, in a class and said, here's your class, go grow it. And all of a sudden, 
God was leading him about a month into it to a whole other church. Why? He didn't try to reach nobody. In other, in other words, you know, he got called up maybe in something that necessarily didn't line up with Scripture in, in, by, by, in the way, way his life would live. In John chapter 7, the Bible says in verse 15 through 17, it says, And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man, uh, uh, man, this, this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will... Or we can put in there, and I'm not changing scripture, his word, because his will is his word. Um, his, his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God. You know, God, Jesus is trying to teach us a lesson here that if you learn that in everything that, that you know, goes on in our life, everything that comes, the decision that comes on, God's interested in that, no matter what it is. Um, and, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the idea that a need necessitates a call. I mean, I can sit there and, and, uh, and go, I, I, you'd have a hard time getting me out of this country. Uh, I, my wife almost got me on a missions trip to Beckway once, but I have no desire to get on an airplane. And it's not that I'm afraid of an airplane. You don't want me sitting there for a long time because I'm not very good at sitting still. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, is that, I just don't care to get on a plane. I've never met the pilot. Now, I'll get on my uncle's plane any day because I sit next to the pilot. But, but, uh, but you know, the thing is, I, that's just me. You can call me scared cat, whatever. But, um, uh, and I don't even know where I was going with that, but my wife probably knew I was going with there. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. And, and anyways, I was talking to my brother-in-law this weekend, and we were talking about, and, and I'll be uh, kind with some of, the, some of the things that we were talking about because it was very detailed in nature, but... Um, he was telling me about this little girl in his church that didn't have shoes. And the mother would send her, 11, 12 years old, to a shoe store with no money. To, 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 you, and you kind of get the idea of things. 11-year-old girl, and the mother sends them for the purpose of getting shoes, paying for in a certain way. And, and you think, how decrepit could that be? And that could make me say... They need God. I need to go. You know, I mean, and that could change someone's opinion because you'd look at it and say, well, there's a need there. That means there's a call, right? But sometimes, you know, we, we, we get caught up in those things. But the Bible teaches us that, that you know, uh, whenever we're making decisions, we need to first ask this question, does it line up with Scripture? And, and, and here's the thing. is like some people say, well, I feel like God's moving me to... Uh, to uh, to another state or something like that for a job. And the, the first thing they look for is the job, the home, and everything else. But the last thing they're looking for is the church. The last thing that they're looking for is the most important part of it is the spiritual side. Did God really call you there? Does it line up with Scripture? You know, and so we, we, you know, people struggle with those things. And that's a, that's a simple one. But the Bible teaches us that we should make every decision based off what God's Word says. And you can find, you know, pastor says all the time that everything is spiritual and all answers are scriptural. There's an answer everywhere in this book for any decision you're making in your life. You know, it might not be spelled out plain, but there's a principle to be taught everywhere in scripture to give you guidance and steps, step by steps of where you need to go. So we see, first of all, does it line up with scripture? The second thing is, and this is going to seem, uh, you know, 
funny because it kind of goes along with it. Is it a wise decision? I was telling the teenagers about a, uh, about a week ago, I was talking about, uh, uh, matter of fact, we'll turn there, Proverbs chapter 20. Um, Proverbs chapter 20, we'll do a lot of scripture running to tonight, and I think i got plenty of time. <laughs> uh, pastor said till midnight, right? So, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, the Bible says this, Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Now, I gave the, the description to the teenager. I said, now, imagine you're out in the Sahara Desert. You're, you're walking around, and you come up to this well. And, and imagine this guy that, that comes to this well, looks down in there, and there's tons of cool, nice, clear, crystal water down there. And then he starts thinking, boy, that'd be nice on my stomach. Boy, that would probably prolong my life. And then he starts thinking about how wonderful that water would be. And he would just talk about how beautiful that water is and talk about how wonderful it would feel on his tongue, on his parched tongue, and talk about all these things and sit there and talk himself to death right next to a well of water. That's the description of what, of what, of what Proverbs is giving here. It's saying, look, counsel, uh, it, it says... Uh, uh, Oops, I turned it back. The council is like walking up to a well of water. Because I completely turned it. It's like walking up to a well of water, but not drinking. You see, um, but a wise man, a man of understanding, puts the bucket in and draws it up. You know, we spend so much time saying, well, I mean, I mean here's some good counsel. And they'll go to the pastor and they'll get counsel. And they'll go to everybody to get counsel. And they'll say, but they really don't know what they're talking about. And just do their own thing anyways. Because they had intentions to do it anyways. So think about this, when you're looking at what the will of God is for your life, and when you're faced with a question, ask first of all, does it line up with Scripture? But second of all, is it wise? That sometimes takes counsel. And that sometimes takes counsel that you might not like, but it's scriptural. You see, um, I, I, uh, uh, I don't uh, call the pastor much. Uh, I've called him one time about, I don't know, when did I call you? You may sit on the port like two years ago. And asked him a question about about uh, raising children, and uh, you know, but and I took the counsel he had, um, and and we waited out and, and was working on. We've talked to other people and things like that. that that's a part of it. And it's using we we implement some of some of we don't, but it's learning if that's wise counsel drawing from the well. You see. Uh, we also see that in James 1, 5, and it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally. So not just going to, to people for counsel, go to God for it. Don't just sit there and say, well, I already know. Because look, I'm the biggest uh, culprit when it comes to this. Because I don't, <laughs> I just, you know, well, something happened, let's just change gears and go this way. <laughs> you know, that's just the way I am. And, 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 and that's a fault of mine. That's not a... a, a um, uh, uh, what do you call it, a badge of honor, that's a fault. Because God wants me to go to Him and say, Lord, what would you have me do? I need wisdom here. And, and you go to a pastor, you go to deacons, you go to, you go to other people and you're asking for wisdom and you're getting it and you get all this well, this well water right here and you look at it and most people, what they do is, I don't need that. And they've got a beautiful, it, I mean, it all might not be what you need for your life, but it's still piling on wisdom and piling on wisdom, and most people walk away from it. So, second of all, the first thing is we see, does it line up with Scripture? Second is, is it wise? The third thing is this, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, can I with confidence speak to God about it? Um, this is what I was actually thinking about. It goes back to my 
teenage years and childhood years, um, <clears throat> the Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and, and to help in time of need. Now, I remember, you know, if I really wanted something, but I knew more than the likely my dad or mom would not be interested in getting it for me or letting me do it. Um, teenagers have this really cool thing uh, called deception. They love to engage right in that moment, you know. And, uh, and the thing is, so you'd sit there and you might tell them the truth-ish. <laughs> in other words, you already know the answer. And you're like, how can I spin this thing where it doesn't sound as bad <laughs> as what I really think it is? That's where this comes in. It's like sometimes we go to God and we're praying about something. We're praying about something. And we're like, Lord, you know, I really, um, yeah, they really need the Lord there in, uh, you know, that beach house, you know, down in South Florida, you know. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, yeah, and you can name off whatever. And it's like, Lord, Lord, there, and you're not really giving your true intentions to God. And and you know, I, I've done that a many times. My dad, my dad saw right through it. <laughs> and most parents, just teenagers, news news flash. So do your parents. <laughs> um, yeah, I tell the teenagers all the time. Most of the time, if I'm asking a question, I already know the answer. I'm just seeing if you'll be honest with me. All right. But here's the thing: is that if you're not confident enough. Boldly coming to God and saying, God, here it is. I'm laying it out. Is this what you want me to do? You see, there's a difference. Most people like to just him haul around and skim around it and slide around it and say, well, I mean, not just come to God and say, here it is, God. The good, the bad, the ugly, what do I need? Because sometimes we're afraid to get the answer that we know is already in front of us. Because look, if you've already looked at it, does it line up with Scripture? And you've already got to the point, is it wise? Trust me, if you're not going to God with some boldness, you already know the answer. Just the same as I went to my dad or my mom and asked and squirmed and squeamed around that, around that true thing, uh, that true question, I already knew the answer. Can I with confidence speak to God about it? The fourth thing is, is, is this, do I have the leading of the Holy Spirit? Romans chapter 8 in verse 14, the Bible says, um, let me get there. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, the Bible says, as soon as I get there, uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But many times, you know, when, when you're leading, and you, and you can look to the Bible with leading as we, as we go on, there are certain types of leading. Uh, I've been looking at, uh, uh, I've been listening to a series of messages on Psalms 23. And uh, it's been talking about the sheep, and and uh, and no, I'm not changing messages because I, I did say there was one on lamb, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I've been listening, and there's a uh, there's a thing is there's different types of the way that past, that that shepherd will lead. Matter of fact, in Isaiah, I believe it's 14, it talks about how the shepherd sometimes leads some or drives some. Basically, he carries some, and then he he guides some. Uh, jo- uh, uh, Jacob actually told whenever he was looking at Esau, and he said, I must lead on softly these, but I'll let these other ones go ahead. In other words, he's teaching something about leading. Sometimes you can drive because you got some people that can, they're just motivated on their own. They can go on their own, do their own thing. And then you got some that you have to carry. And then you have some that you have to be real cautious with and real kindly with. And, and, 
And, and the leading of the Holy Spirit is the same thing. He's, he leads us in every step that we go. And the Bible says here in verse 14, it says, As many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's, it's a picture, I mean, in a sense, that as we're being led by the, by the Spirit of God, people see the Son of God in our life. You see, um, in other words, the will of God's starting to move and work, and it's starting to expand out, and people see what? Christ in me, the hope of glory. You see, that's, that's the way this whole thing of the will of God is. It's not about me. It's not about you. And that, that was one thing. I looked, and one of the harshest criticisms, and, and it, it really, I don't even know if he remembers it, but we were sitting in there in those one of, one of those uh, discussions. Um, <laughs> Uh, guidance is in the end. He was sitting there and brought my wife in because clearly I wasn't getting it, okay? And because uh, I'm very uh, stubborn sometimes. And, uh, and he brought my wife in there, and I hope you don't mind me talking about this. But he told me and, and uh, cut me to the bone. Cut me to the bone. He, I don't even know if I showed it. But he was sitting in there and he said, You are not the reason why I have you in that youth group. I was like, Huh? <laughs> he pointed at my wife and he said, it's her. I was like, ouch. You mean my great speech didn't do it? <laughs> you mean my, my handsome physique is just not the part of the reason why I'm up here? You mean my shiny head? I mean, none of that. And I know what he was doing. He was cutting me down to size where I needed to be. Um, and uh, I have no idea why I just said that. <laughs> but but, um, but the th- uh, shoot. Oh, um, it's not about... Um, it's not about me or you or anything. It's Christ coming out of us that people can see Christ. That's what the will of God is. I, I've spent so much time teaching, preaching, and you know, even leading music, or those things, doing it on my own and without God and no effect. And the one time, uh, not the one time, there's been many times, but, but one of the times I remember when God actually, I mean, used me. I sat down, I preached in a Bible Baptist church, a message, and I sat down and I think, how did I do that? <laughs> Where did that come from? And that was the first time, I remember, that was the first time I really felt the power of God Use me. That was amazing. I mean, I just sat back. I mean, you're sitting at the. I mean, you're sitting up here. You sit down. Brother Mike takes the pulpit, and you're sitting there, and you're just in awe. Where did that come from? That wasn't me. That I mean, and and I, and I, and I told Melissa, I was like, that, that was awful. But how? Did, I mean, look what God did. Blew my mind. And and you know that's what the will of God and uh, the will of God does. When we allow God to the Holy Spirit to lead us, is that when He's leading us, He starts to come out of us. There's so much. Uh, there's so many people. The reason why people are quitting and giving up, coming off the field, the mission field, quitting. You know, they did a survey. I think it's like seventy percent of pastors are, would quit their church right now and go do something else if they could. In America, that's that's high, and you know it, it's it's there's a strain there, and you know there's people not surrendering to Christ anymore. There, I, you know, there's all kinds of things you can say is a mess, but but really, is it because people in in the church are not really living by the, being led by the Spirit of God, where people can see? True, God helps. It's not. It's look, the pastor is just one man. <laughs> 
Y'all have a sphere of influence too. I have a sphere of influence too. And if I'm being led of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will start coming out. And that's what leads people to Christ. You see? Alright, so this, there's another thing. and there's, The next two points are going to sound like they're kind of the same. Does it fit my life? This is number five. Does it fit my life? We're getting there. Does it fit my life? 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. <clears throat> and uh, does it fit my life? Now, let's not get that confused with the next one, which is does it bring out, or does it bring out my relationship? Um, 7 1. This is just our natural life. Now, concerning the things whereof I wrote unto me, it is good for a man not. Uh, wait a minute. Am I in the right spot? I must have wrote down the wrong one. Must have. Anyways, I'll explain it because I need to get going without looking. Uh, so Paul said at one point, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase slightly. Um, he said, look, I wish that all, that all men could be like me. In other words, Paul was in a particular place where he was not married. Uh, and he could go and do all the things Paul did. But here's the thing. When you get married, it changes your life. It does. When you add children to it, it changes your life. And some people like to try to live their, their life as a Christian based on if they're single when they have a wife and, and children. In other words, they're, they're, taking, they're taking a path you know, and claiming it's the will of God when it really is not the right path to take. Now, granted, there's some people that, that can live this life... Um, Without getting married, that's I'm not that guy. I have to. <laughs> I don't like being alone. But but the thing is, is that you know, the will of God has to kind of fit your just regular life. Um, and 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 we'll, I'll kind of skip over that to get to the, uh, the the sixth one. Does it bring out my relationship with Christ in Ephesians chapter five? And this is a this is a one that kind of go alongs with it. They're they're two almost the same question. Uh, because if you're if you if it fits your life, then it'll bring out your relationship with with Christ. Um, and so uh, let me get there and stop talking and get there. Ephesians chapter five, verse um, eight through ten. The Bible says this: um, For ye were sometimes dar- uh, sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable. Unto the Lord. All right, so so the the Bible's teaching us something here that that whenever we're going out in this world, we have to look and say, all right, is it the will of God that I do these things? Is it the will of God that I go to these places? Is it the will of God that I do these things? And my mind goes back. My wife is going to shoot me when I get home. I tell the story. Um, whenever I was young, when we were young, in love, uh, we're still in love, uh, and married, uh, young married. I remember, and I'm telling you she's going to kill me, <laughs> but, but uh, it's worth it. It's for the Lord, babe, okay? <laughs> so, so when we were young, uh, we were walking into Walmart one day, and, and uh, now here's the thing. Uh, I keep my eyes on other people when I'm in places, and, uh, and we're walking down an aisle, and I caught this guy walking towards us, and I thought, he's looking a little funny at my wife in this direction. I said, uh, I don't think he understands whose woman she is. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm walking down the aisle, and he walked past us, 
And I stopped and I turned around and I bowed my chest out and stared at him. Sure enough, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He turned around and was going to check my wife out and he said he got me. <laughs> and I let him know what relationship we had. And he turned around and went on his little way. You see, sometimes, you know, in, in, in our life, you know, God wants to kind of do that to us. He wants to be strolling down Walmart with us. And Satan come walking by, and he just turn around and go, come on, try it, son. <laughs> come on, you want something? And he'll turn around and walk away. Because look, if you're walking in the Spirit, if you're doing what God wants, you're being led of the Spirit. Look, the Bible, you know the Bible tells you it's impossible, impossible to sin. When you're in lead, it says, uh, and I, I can't remember, how I studied it and forgot to write it, write it down, but there's a verse where it says, if you're, and, and I'm paraphrasing again, uh, if you're led of the Spirit, He cannot be tempted. It means it ain't going to happen. So, man, if you have the right relationship with God and you're walking with God, then you've got God turning around to Satan saying, back off, he's mine. Back off, she's mine. You see, and when you're walking in the will of God, doing the will of God, and you're asking these questions, does it line up with Scripture? Is it wise? Is it, uh, does it fit my life? Am I being led of the Spirit or is it just some necessity jumping out at me? Um, does it bring out the relationship? And this goes back to being led. Is because that's what makes the power of reaching a lost and dying world is the, is the relationship you have with God feeding out to a lost and dying world. That's what makes the difference. And here's the last thing, uh, the, number seven. Does it bring honor to God? In Colossians chapter 1, and we're not going to go there, but uh, to, to all these scriptures, but in Colossians chapter 1, oh, what's this way? And I want you to look at the four prison epistles. We won't, like I said, we won't look at all of them, but I want you to look, kind of see what Paul's doing here. Paul and Apostle, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren who in Christ. If you look at Ephesians, you look at Philippians, you look at Colossians, you look at Galatians, Paul constantly says to the faithful brother, in Christ, or, or of Christ, or, or it's all about him is what he's saying. He starts every book off with saying, it's all about him. Everything I'm doing. Look, he had to go to the church of Corinth and correct them, but he's saying, look, it's all about God. It's nothing about a, a, a view that you're trying to accomplish. You know, you go back and sometimes when people fuss and fight in churches, most of the time it's because they're trying to get some sort of view that lines up with your idea of Christianity instead of what Christianity really is. You see, uh, and Paul's desire was is that if God has brought the honor and glory truly, no matter what's brought out of my life, then I know I'm in the will of God. It's not about me. It's all about Him. So when you look at these questions, does it line up with Scripture? Is it wise? Can I with confidence speak to God about it? Do I have the leading of the Holy Spirit? Does it fit my life? Does it bring out my relationship with Christ? Does it bring honor to God? In other words, you can sum up all this stuff and say, is it about me or is it about God? You see... That's, in a nutshell, when you want to know what the will of God is, ask yourself, is it about me? Is it about them? 
Is it about somebody else or is it about him? So ask these questions when you're thinking of the will of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'll turn it over to the pastor. Seven questions of knowing the will of God. Pastor. You can take home with you, take put in your life. All of us have decisions to make. Trying to be in the will of God, does it line up with Scripture? That's powerful, isn't it? We know Scripture. It's wise that we sought counsel, do we have discernment on it? Can I have confidence to go to God about it? Do I have the leading of the Holy Spirit? I loved how he said, if he's leading us, he will come out of us. Does it fit my life? He knows our frame, doesn't he? Does it bring out our relationship with Christ? Does it bring honor to God? Can I ask you as we close tonight, are you interested in the will of God, the perfect personal will of God? Think about that. It's a pretty sobering thing, isn't it? God has a personal will for our lives. It's different. He doesn't cookie cut people. I love how he said there are certain fundamentals of the Christian life, but as far as personal details, that's between you and the Lord. But it will never go against Scripture. God help us. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and we'll be dismissed tonight. But I'm going to ask you as you stand and maybe you're here tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. He loves you tonight. He died for you. He raised from the dead. You can be saved by trusting Christ. You enter into a relationship with him. Then you can know his will. He has a will for us. If you do not know that, I ask you, please stay behind. Let someone help you. How many of you tonight, you're not ashamed to say it, you're interested in the will of God, the personal will of God. Would you raise your hand? That I think these are some great things to put in our lives, to plot our lives. Maybe you have something facing you tomorrow. These are wonderful principles. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for these principles. Simple but profound. Lord, they spoke to my heart. There's no doubt, Lord, we need a movement of your children to be led by your spirit. Lord, I think we spend most of our time trying to get you and convince you to do what we want you to do. What we want to do. Lord, I pray you'll help us to be led of the Spirit of God. How convicting. And Lord, it seems the longer that we're saved, the longer we know Scripture, the more that we seem like we can bargain with you. We kind of become like con artists and we try to say, oh, well, I know this is the will of God, but Lord, we're not being led by the Spirit. So I pray you'll help us. Help us to yield to your Spirit. Lord, I pray you'll help us to glorify you. Lord, I pray you'll help us to live within ourselves. Lord, we, what we mean, and I love how that was brought out. Lord, you'll, it will be within our lives. And so, Lord, I pray you'll help us to take these things in our hearts. Change our lives because of it. We ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus and all God's people say it.
God bless you. Have a great night. Brother Edgy, thank you so much for the message. And uh, make sure you encourage him tonight. Are y'all going back? When are y'all leaving? Y'all going to be here a little while? That's great. They're going to be traveling back here in a few days, but we're glad they've been with us today. Thank you for being here. God bless you. We have a visiting family in the back there. Make sure you let them know how good it is to see them tonight. God bless you. Also, if anybody has lost...